Welcome to the Live to 110 podcast. My name is Wendy Myers, and today I'm going to be talking to Christine Cronau, who I met on the Live in La Vida Low Carb Cruise that's hosted every year by Jimmy Moore. We were both speakers uh, on the cruise, and I loved Christine's presentation on fat and her book, The Fat Revolution. Um, I think she had some really interesting points. I loved her energy, and uh, we had a really good time on the cruise, and she's my doppelganger. <laughs> we look uh, a lot alike, <laughs> which we thought was strange. Uh, we actually took a photo together, we're both in black, and we looked ex- very, very similar. <laughs> it was very, very funny. It was uh, funny. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so we're going to be talking all about fat and why you should be including more of it in your diet, more butter, more meat, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but first, I have to do the disclaimer. Uh, please keep in mind that this program is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease or illness and is not a substitute for professional medical advice. Please consult your healthcare practitioner before uh, following any diet advice that we suggest on the show. Uh, Christine Cronau is a nutritionist, best-selling author, and speaker. After struggling with her own weight and health, Christine transformed her body and her health and spent over 10 years researching the facts about food and fats. The results are evident in her groundbreaking book, The Fat Revolution and The Fat Revolution Cookbook. Uh, it's all about dietary truths that have been ignored by conventional health authorities. Christine's revolutionary work is captivating and easy to read, and it's a fascinating look at how we have reached such a mistaken consensus about health. It's really a good book. I highly recommend it. Uh, But Christine, why don't you tell us uh, how you got so obsessed with fat and interested in fat and lecturing about fat all over the world? (laughs) Well, thanks, Wendy, for all your kind words. Uh, well, basically, like many people who are doing this sort of work, I ended up with a state of health, you know, that wasn't ideal. So I was following all the conventional health advice. So I was low fat. I was eating a lot of whole grains, et cetera, et cetera. And instead of my health improving, it got worse. And I ended up with chronic fatigue, IBS, bloating, all kinds of things, high blood sugar, uh, insulin resistance, and after my following my healthy diet, I couldn't understand why I was in such a mess. So after a lot of research, I ended up finding out exactly what was happening. And I found out that my healthy diet was actually doing the damage, which was a huge upset for me because I was here I was trying to do the right thing and I ended up unhealthy. Yeah, I think that's a case for millions of people around the country. They just can't get their head around that the diet that they've been working so hard to eat um, is in fact destroying their health. And I think that's exactly. A, yeah, yeah. And it's a, a problem a lot of people are having. So, so why can you tell everyone, you know, why exactly do we need fat? And is there any reason for people to be fearful of fat? Well, there's not. The only fat we should be fearful really is modern, conventional, industrial, industrially processed fat. So, when we started producing fake fats, that's something that we need to be concerned with. But natural fats, saturated fats especially, like butter and coconut oil, are fantastic fats and there's no reason to fear them. There's absolutely no evidence to show that they cause heart disease or any other type of disease. And not only that, they actually protect us from those diseases. So interestingly enough, if you look at the fact that we've cut all these fats out of our diet, look what's happened to our health. 
Did it get better? It didn't. And in fact, it got a lot worse. And that's because we need those fats. We need fat and cholesterol for just about every bodily function. And so when we take it away, we end up really, really sick. Yeah. Yeah, I was just uh, recently uh, parted ways with a, a physician that trained me in hair mineral analysis. And he was advising all his clients to, if they have a slowed metabolism, to avoid, not avoid fats, but eat a reduced fat diet until their metabolism increased with the theory that it slowed down your metabolism. Can you refute that? Well, absolutely. And in fact, there's a lot of evidence to show that eating fats, especially full of short and medium chain fatty acids, such as coconut oil, actually increases our metabolism. So that's absolutely untrue. And in fact, what happens when we go on low-fat diets? Well, people often have hair loss, they have all kinds of things, and that's an indication that their thyroid is being affected. Also, it does slow down their metabolism. It actually damages their metabolism. And the other thing it does is damage their hormones. So, you know, we've got a lot of stuff going on when we take those fats out of our diet. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I uh uh, when I was working with this medical doctor, I always knew intuitively that recommending a low-fat diet to people is clearly not going to improve their health in any measurable way at all. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And so can you tell us, um, you know, how much fat should be a part of people's diet, like percentages and things of that nature? Um, Are you okay? Yeah, I think my dog walked in. <laughs> it was my daughter. <laughs> my daughter walked in. Hi, Winter. How are you? Mom is Hello. Hello, Winter. I was going, what? It was going on. I could see a shadow actually coming yeah. past. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so what do you tell people? Um, you know, how, how much fat should people be eating? Well, it really depends on a lot of things, but it's a lot more than people think. And in fact, I do, on my member site, on my website, I actually have a calculation where people can go in and calculate their ideal protein intake, their ideal fat intake, and their ideal carbohydrate intake because it does vary for everybody. And it also depends on the state of their health as well. For example, if someone has had years of starvation stress, which is what happens when we go on a long-term low-fat diet, we get starvation stretch stress, which is what I was talking about before. It damages our hormones, our thyroid. It, it damages our metabolism. All those things make a difference. And fat is especially important in those situations. But I can guarantee that most people who go and do that calculation are shocked. at not. I'm not telling them how much fat is the maximum. I'm actually telling them this is the amount you should be having. This is the amount that's good for you. And just as an example, our family of four eats around two kilos of butter every single week. And that's in, <laughs> and that's in addition to other fats like coconut oil or, you know, the, the fat on our meat that we do not cut off. So uh, you, it's a lot more than people think. Yeah, I remember you mentioning that uh, when you were speaking at the, the low-carb cruise. And I was, I was shocked that you go through a, a pound of butter every week. I mean, but, you know, I've been using butter every morning in my coffee as well. So I drink about yeah. a half a cup of coffee every day. And uh, I, you go through a lot of butter. <laughs> you do. Just with the you coffee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I was reading in the Paul, Dr. Paul Jaminet's seminal work, The Perfect Health Diet, 
Um, he's got about 1,000 scientific references in that diet book. It's an overall diet book. And he was talking about how people historically and in breast milk eat about 60 to 70% fat as a, you know, as a percentage of calories in their diet. That's absolutely right. And in fact, the really healthy societies such as the Inuit or the Maasai, they did the same. They ate around 70 to 80% of their calories as fat. And that's really what we should be doing. Mm -hmm. It's it's how we can support our health. And, and, you know, it really is only recently that we've been told that we should not be eating this sort of fat. And in fact, if you look through all the literature and even if you read books, you know, I remember my husband Randall was reading a book about the Tibetans and she was talking about how much they love butter. She said, Tibetans love butter. We think it's the cure for everything. Well, actually it is. And that's Yak why, butter. <laughs> that's right. Yak butter, that's right. But that's why these primal groups actually held butter and other fats like that as sacred. And somehow in the last 100, well, not even the 100 years, in the last 50 or so years, we've suddenly decided that we can cut this vital thing out of our diet that we've always held sacred, especially for pregnant women, for small children for the elderly and we've decided that we need to get rid of it it's absolutely insane once you go back and look at our history yeah yeah and um what do you think about the blood typing diet is there any like i've heard that, you know people blood type a should eat a, a little bit lower fat and blood type o should be eat more fat what do you do you put any stock in that I actually don't, and in fact, I have read all about the blood type diet, and I have had practitioners tell me in the past that um, I should look into it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And in fact, I'm an A type, I so too. I should I be am a too. vegetarian. Yeah, exactly alike in so many ways. <laughs> <laughs> and so we should be vegetarians on that diet, and I actually did that. Um, I was vegetarian for five years. I was vegan for one year, and my health quickly went downhill, and yeah. And that's a very common story, right? And it wasn't like I was a bad vegetarian. I was a very good vegetarian. I combined my foods. I made sure I had grains with uh, my legumes to make a complete protein. And I've since learned that that's really not, I mean, that doesn't help us. I was extremely protein deficient, even though I was doing all those things. So basically, I've already tried that and it didn't work. And, and I also think it really doesn't make sense as a people that we've evolved to have different people in the same family, for example, with a different blood type on a different diet. That doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to me either. Mm. Um, so is there, um, so let's talk a little bit about the kinds of fats people should be eating. What, so obviously you love butter. Why is yes. butter good for you and what, what other kinds of fat should people be eating? Well, butter is the number one easiest way to get fat and flavor into your diet, for example. And it's so nutrient-dense. It's so full of all these nutrients that we really, you know, a lot of us don't get anymore. For example, vitamin K2, grass-fed butter is full of vitamin K2. And most people are not getting that nutrient anymore because we've gotten rid of all the fatty foods. And it's really only available in things like grass-fed butter, pastured egg yolks, soft cheeses like camembert and brie, all the foods that we've really demonized over the years. So most people don't have vitamin K2 in their diet. Now, it's essential for kids, for their bone development. It's essential for their overall development. And not only that, as we get older, it protects us from heart disease. So there you go, fatty foods, saturated fats protect us from heart disease. So when we take those away, we've got a serious problem. So yes, butter is 
is the easiest way to do that, especially for children. Children love butter and it's a fantastic way of getting vitamin A, vitamin D, vitamin, all kinds of vitamins, iodine, selenium. It's just packed full of nutrients. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually going to be my next question is I, I think it's shocking or ironic that the American Medical Association, I'm sure in Australia as well, any Western, any country um, obsessed with Western medicine um, is recommending to their patients to, if they have heart disease, to avoid saturated fat and red meat. And what, yeah. it's actually the exact opposite. Um, it is. It's, it's, can you explain that a little bit? Well, basically, this is actually a really tough subject because basically people who go to a doctor, for example, and they're identified as high risk, say they have high cholesterol or something like that, they're likely to be put on a low-fat diet full and also cholesterol-lowering medication. Now, that actually dramatically increases their risk for heart disease. And that's why a lot of people, and I'm sure most people know people who, who've gone through this, who've been put on the standard low-fat diet with cholesterol-lowering medication and they end up having a massive heart attack. And that's extremely common. So, yes, it's the exact opposite advice to what we need. Yeah. Yeah, and I uh, I can't help but almost feel like it's sort of a conspiracy that when you have someone that's at risk for heart disease and you put them on the exact diet that destroys their health and put them on medications that further destroys their health, you just put, you create this cash cow of a sick person that has to be on medications and then additionally add more and more and more medications that make them sicker and sicker and sicker. Exactly what happened with my father. And I do yeah. feel like it's a, it's a conspiracy to destroy our health for profit. Well, unfortunately, that's the case. I mean, that's the major reason that people don't want this information out. And when I say that, I mean big business because it is a billion-dollar industry. You look at cholesterol-lowering medication. It's the biggest selling prescription medication in the world. And so they don't want us to know that it's all a big con, basically. Yeah. You know, they want to continue this whole thing. And if you look at all our health foundations, uh, I'm sure it's the same in, in the U.S. as well, but our health foundations in Australia are funded by, sponsored by or partnered with big business. Yeah. And until we can make that separation, until we can separate the health advice from the profits of big business, we're not going to be able to rely on that advice that they give us. Yeah. Yeah. Can you explain a little bit the mechanisms of how fat actually does not cause high cholesterol, like eating cholesterol does not cause high cholesterol? Well, it's such, you know, it's got so many variations in the topic. It's, you know, it's very involved, but basically the fat we eat has very little to do with the cholesterol in our blood. Our liver makes most of the cholesterol in our blood. Now, uh, basically, that's why, for example, you can get someone on a very low-fat diet with elevated cholesterol. How are they getting that elevated cholesterol? Well, it's because if we have something to heal in our body, for example, if we have inflammation, if we have toxins, we have all kinds of things like that, our cholesterol is to come up because cholesterol heals. It's trying to heal the damage. So if we take that cholesterol away, we're actually taking away our protection from that damage. So we're actually putting ourselves at risk for heart disease. And that's only one aspect, the fact that, that foods don't really elevate our cholesterol, it's our liver. Now, for example, if you are on a low-fat diet, you can also have extremely low cholesterol, which isn't good for you either. And the reason that can happen is because our liver needs cholesterol and fat to function. So if we're not eating fat, 
then it's hard for our liver to do its job and produce the cholesterol we need. And that's why sometimes when we go on a, we start low carb, high fat, our cholesterol can jump up. It can, it finally says, yes, I can produce the cholesterol I need finally. So, you know, there's so many aspects to it, but you know, cholesterol is a good thing. We want cholesterol. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed when um, I was vegetarian, I'd been vegetarian for a couple of years and went vegan for six months. And luckily it didn't last very long because I got to the point where I couldn't yeah. even think. I couldn't even have a yeah. conversation with people. I was so yes. retarded yes. <laughs> from being vegan because <laughs> yes. I didn't have fats and cholesterol that, you know, yeah. comprise most of your brain. Um, but uh, so I went to the doctor. My cholesterol was 173 and I knew that was too low. And I was very, I was very concerned. Yes, and that's right. And, and I had very low cholesterol as well. And it took me a long time to get my cholesterol up to a normal level. And now it's still sitting at a normal level. Um, and do I want it to stay at a normal, considered normal level for the rest of my life? Probably not, because as I get older, I'm going to have more to heal and it's going to slowly creep up. And I want it to do that. But the total cholesterol is not really what we want to look at anyway. The most important markers for heart disease are our triglycerides and our HDL, for example. And so what happens is a lot of people do low-carb high-fat and they go to the doctor and they say, whoa, you know, your total cholesterol has jumped up. But their triglycerides have dropped like crazy and their HDL has come up. And what I find really interesting is you often look at the doctor's scroll on the cholesterol test and they're saying, um, you know, they're circling things saying, this is bad, you know, LDL is bad. Oh, but this is great. You know, your your HDL to um, total cholesterol ratio is fantastic and your triglycerides are fantastic. How can we have some results that are saying we're at low risk for heart disease and at the same time we've got results that are saying we're at high risk for heart disease? We can't. And that's because that's the old way of looking at things. And we know a lot more about lipidology than now than we did back then when we were looking at total cholesterol. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I, I think it's, um, it, it's a big problem that, and I know in the United States that uh, people are told if their cholesterol is under 200, their total cholesterol is under 200. And I think now it's at 180. They changed the recommendations. So it's if your cholesterol yeah. is under 180, you are automatically have to be written a prescription for statins, cholesterol-lowering medication. And in fact, lower cholesterol is associated with more deaths than higher cholesterol. Yes. yes. And that's because of what I was saying before, because cholesterol heals. So if we have inflammation, if we have things to heal in the body, which we do as we age, right? So all those studies show in aging populations, those with the, the highest cholesterol live the longest. Yeah. And here we are trying to cut this, you know, amazing substance out of our diet and out of our bloodstream. Yeah. And I know for women, uh, hunter-gatherer tribes, when women approach menopause, a normal cholesterol level is 250. That's completely normal and healthy. And I hear so many women in my practice that, oh, my, my cholesterol is 220. I need, I, I sh I'm, they're really, really worried about it. And I, you're mm -hmm. fine. <laughs> you have nothing yes. to worry about. You haven't even yeah. hit 250 yeah. yet. <laughs> yes. It's, it's amazing. And I think it's the biggest concern for people going low carb, high fat is what about my cholesterol? What's going to happen to it? Uh, and, you know, even though they can see all the evidence, this is what they're hearing for their, from their doctors and it's scary for them. So 
you know, it's it's a huge concern. But basically, we want cholesterol. You know, cholesterol is so healing for us. It's it's integral to creating hormones, to proper organ function. It actually helps us reduce heart disease, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So we don't. It's something we do not want to take away. And unfortunately, we still are battling with with that idea that this cholesterol is the demon. But it's really not. It's it's our friend, and we want to embrace it. Absolutely. And I I I have to work to get in my saturated fat. I actively <laughs> I actively work to ingest saturated fat. I thought, oh, I need to eat some red meat today because I haven't yeah. eaten it in yeah. one or two days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the exact opposite of what most people are doing, I think. Um so yeah. are, what fat should people be avoiding? Say the uh the industrial seed oils or high omega six fats. What should what fat should uh you know People, when they're looking at it, considering using in their cooking, should some red flags be going up for them to avoid it? Well, basically, any of anything that says vegetable oil, anything that says cholesterol-free, um, anything that's been processed, basically. Um, so our cold-pressed olive oils and things like that are fine. Um, but once we get over to the to the other bottled oils that they've industrially processed and they might not look industrially processed but they really have to put them through some crazy processes for example canola oil has to go through a very intense processing and it's very very damaging and by the time you get that oil it's already rancid and damaged and it becomes rancid and damaged further when we cook it because it's very heat unstable so uh, basically all your modern oils especially margarines or spreads there's a huge thing at the moment they're saying oh well um, they've changed the name of margarine to spreads because that's supposed to be healthier and it's supposed to take away the connotation that margarine is full of trans fats, right? Well, unfortunately, they've just changed the process slightly and they've come up with these new fats. They're, they're technically not producing trans fats, but they're producing another type of industrially processed fat that acts very similarly to trans fat, but then they say it's trans fats free. And so we can eat it with no problem. Well, it's not the case. And also, not only that, not only are those fats really, really damaged, but also they have to bleach it, they have to deodorize it, they have to color it, they have to flavor it. Yum. And, you know, I know. <laughs> and and don't forget, things like bleach and all that do not have to be listed on the ingredients because it's part of the process. It's not actually an ingredient. So it's pretty scary. And then they put beautiful flowers and things like that on the outside and make it sound like it's all natural and beautiful when it's really quite disgusting. Yeah, it's really sad to me, again, that some of these fats that people are eating make me very sad. Um, but I've gone to clients' homes and audited their uh, their refrigerator and pantry and whatnot. And every single one of my clients that had high cholesterol their doctor told them to eat, I can't believe it's not butter and Benicol mm -hmm. and yep. these uh, fats that destroy heart health. They do, and they're very, very damaging to the cell. Basically, uh, if you think about a cell, it's made up of around 50% saturated fat. So if um, we don't eat saturated fat, it's very difficult to keep that cell membrane strong and healthy. Now imagine if we then take in damaged fats. So we take in these rancid damaged fats. They actually really get into that cell membrane and make it weak and damaged. So if that's the cells that were damaging, you know, that's basically the cells are the basis of life. 
Um, so that's why it puts us at increased risk for cancer, increased for heart disease, increased risk for heart disease, all kinds of things. And the other thing is that the scientists have been very surprised to find that the buildup in our arteries is not actually saturated fat, it's mostly polyunsaturated fat. And guess where that comes from? Heart healthy vegetable oils. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's uh, an, another whammy that they're all bottled in these clear bottles. And you don't ever want to eat an oil or fat that is in a clear, o- opaque bottle. Always dark bottles. That's right, because we need, to, we need to protect those oils from the light and from the heat and all that sort of stuff. And not only that, they've actually put it through intense heat to process them. So they're absolutely damaged and disgusting by the time you even get them home. Yeah, yeah. It's sad when I see uh, lots of beautiful olive oils, olive oils from mm-hmm. Italy, and you know they were beautifully cold pressed and extra virgin, and then they're in a clear bottle. And I'm like, hello. Yeah, that. Yeah, it has to be in a dark bottle. Yeah, yeah. All, all any kind of oil yeah. you eat, coconut oil, everything must be in a dark bottle. So just FYI. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Not to you, everybody else. <laughs> So, uh, so let's talk a little bit about uh, a question that I like to ask all of my guests. Um, what do you think is the most pressing health issue in the world today? Well, it's probably heart disease, but it's probably all the things that come along after that that kind of fly under the radar. For example, modern chronic disease is now just crazy. Um, autoimmune diseases, Crohn's disease, you know, all these gut issues. Um, if you look around, most people are unwell. And we've sort of come to expect that that's a level of normal when it isn't. And for me, that's the problem. We've sort of all bought into this conventional health guidelines that are telling us to eat a certain way. And that certain way, unfortunately, is destroying our health. It destroys our gut bacteria. It destroys our gut health. And, of course, the immune system, most of the immune system is in the gut. So if we've destroyed our gut health, we're at higher risk for infections um, and all kinds of other health problems. And all those other little things, even things like sports injuries, which you don't really think about. But we've come to expect that we just degenerate with age. We don't actually need to degenerate with age. And that's all coming down to diet. And basically, what's happening is that Western's diet is making us all extremely acidic. And unfortunately, when we're acidic, um, all kinds of terrible things happen as the basis for basically most modern diseases. So going back to low-carb, high-fat diet, which is how we more evolved to eat, and getting rid of that acidity by taking things like lemon juice, lime juice, apple cider vinegar and stuff like that to actually boost our bicarbonate again and actually get our body back into into balance that's really the key to getting back on track with our health yeah yeah i agree and and so with when people are eating all these fats um they obviously need to increase their bile flow i find a lot of my clients um i give them supplements to increase bile flow like uh you know bile salts ox bile things like that and they'll have diarrhea because they're not producing enough bile to digest all these fats. So are there any precautions with people that are going from a lower fat to a higher fat diet and any tips on uh, you know, making the, the leap? Well, basically all that's happening is that our body's not used to processing fat anymore because it's been gone for so long from our diets. So the best thing to do is to take it slowly, to increase 
that slowly. If most people went from what they're doing to what I do, they'd be sick, they'd feel sick, and they'd be, you know, running to the bathroom. So basically, we've got to do it one step at a time until our body gets used to it again. But it does. It gets used to it again, and then we don't have those issues anymore. Okay. Yeah, sorry, folks. I got really dark in in the video. (laughs) It was light here, uh, you know, 30 minutes ago, but I didn't turn any lights on. Um, <laughs> okay. We can still see you. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like a ghost. The lights glowing on me. Well, Christine, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was really informative, and I hope people start munching away on fats uh, after they listen to this. Uh, but can you tell the listeners, you know, some of your what you're what you're doing and all about you, your website, your future plans, and your book, The Fat Revolution? Well, basically, my website is just my name. It's christinecrona.com. And, yes, the books are available there. Obviously, in the States, they're not available in hard copy yet, but they can be bought as e-books and they can also be ordered from Australia. There's just a little bit of a wait for them to come over. Um, And what else am I doing? Well, we're just trying to shift the consciousness of of fats, basically, and we're trying to what I, you know, we have a campaign here called Bring Back the Fat because that's what we need to do to bring our health back. So basically it's just telling people about that and, for example, there's a massive international conference next year in uh, South Africa where it's got all the big guns of low-carb, high-fat speaking and I'll be speaking over there as well. Uh, People like Tim Noakes, Zoe Harcomb, Steve Finney, Jeff Folick, you know, all the people who've really um, been doing fantastic work in the low-carb, high-fat field. And you can just see things changing. And, yes, it's slow and, yes, we get a lot of fight back. You know, a lot of uh, people, you know, the health authorities don't like what we're saying and and they're going to keep fighting against that. But because they're not willing to change and they won't because, like I say, they're funded by the big business, uh, we're going to have to bring this movement from the ground up. And so my goal is to see that everybody in the world has actually heard the message and then they can make their own choice. But I don't want to go on like it is at the moment where people don't know that, you know, they have no clue. All they've got to go on is what they've been told by the health authorities or what they've been told by their conventional doctor, etc. And they don't know that that's possibly not the right information. And so I just want to let people know the truth and then they can decide what to do with that. And I really wish that there would be some sort of lobby or rising up or revolution to get doctors just cursory nutrition training so that they can properly advise their clients. Just Absolutely. So- yeah. It's exactly right. And, in fact, there's a lot of doctors out there, and I really applaud them, who are doing their own investiga- you know, investigation to see what's going on because they do hear about it. And the ones who have an open mind are willing to go and investigate. And if you think about it, you know, I know as a nutritionist, for example, if I was a doctor and I had all these patients coming into my surgery um, and I was prescribing all the right things and it wasn't working, I'd be really concerned. And that's why I think a lot of doctors, especially cardiologists now, are coming out and saying, well, we've been trying this for the last 40 years and it's not working and what we've noticed is this, you know, and there's cardiologists especially, they're right in the middle of it. You know, they can see that it's not been working. So I think there's a lot more doctors out there who would like to admit, you know, that we got it wrong. But it's pretty hard to step out against conventional guidelines. And, you know, 
it does have repercussions. You know, some of these doctors have really gone through a hard time for speaking out about these topics. But the more of us that keep rising up, the more of us that keep spreading the message, then that's the key. And I often say I'm only one person, but, you know, the fact that we can all work together and the fact that our followers actually spread the message and they say, hey, this worked for me, and, and they tell their friends, that's how it's going to change. It's got to come from the ground up. Yeah, absolutely. Well, keep fighting the good fight. Thank you. <laughs> and, you too. <laughs> and thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And um, I hope to see you again. Are you going on the, the low fat, I'm sorry, low fat cruise? The limit. Yeah. <laughs> Are you going on the, the live and living a low carb cruise? Uh, Not this, this year, year, but um, yes, but we've got a lot, lot on next year. And I, I, I think that there's going to be a lot of change. Although I must say that Jimmy Moore is going to be out here in a few weeks. So, oh, um, I, yeah, I can have a chat to him while he's here. He's doing. He's coming out here to to speak to people in Australia about what he's doing. So, oh great, yeah. I'm I'm not sure if I'm going to go next year or not to the Live and Levita Loaf uh, Live and Levita Low Carb Cruise. It's a mouthful. It is a mouthful. <laughs> uh, that happens every year in April. And any of you guys, um, I highly recommend that you go 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 to it. It's so much fun, and you learn so much and meet so many amazing. Uh, you know, movers and shakers in health. I highly recommend it. I had a blast when I went. Yeah, it was good. It was fun. Well, I think again, Christine, thank you so much. You're very welcome. And don't hang up yet. Listeners, if you want to learn all about detoxification and my version of paleo, the modern paleo diet, uh, definitely go check out my website, liveto110.com. If you sign up for my newsletter and email updates, you get a free few down, uh, a few free downloads. Uh, the live, the live to 110 by Wang Less e-guide. And pretty soon the modern, uh, mineral power e-guide and my modern paleo e-guides. <laughs> I just, uh, I've, everything's uh, just fusing together. My mouth is no longer working. So I am going to sign off. Thank you for listening to the Live to 110 podcast.